Are you trying to tell us, Jess, that not everything that's reported yes. in the media is true? <laughs> Maybe you can see an angle that I'm coming at from already. Okay, welcome to the first ever episode of the MEM Cast, the Hope Through Media podcast. Um, welcome to you all. Jess, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. It's really, really great to be here to be um, doing this podcast. I am doing very, very well today. Thank you, James. Thanks for having me with you. Well, thanks for thanks for being with us on this journey. Um, we are going to hopefully answer some pretty awesome questions and mm-hmm. we're going to talk about um, all sorts of really interesting media um, related topics. Um, hopefully have some pretty cool people on the show being interviewed, um, discussing things, but should be good. I thought it would be good to maybe introduce each other, Jess. Um, yeah. Yeah, we can... Um, do a little bit of an interesting intro rather than just the boring, my name is James and (laughs) I am the whatever. Um, But let me introduce you first. So you are Jess Davidson. Um, You are, you, you are indeed the development manager for Middle East media here in the UK. Um, You've been working with us now at Middle East media for, I want to say about two years. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Maybe two and a half, which would be crazy. It is crazy. The time does go by so fast. Um, I can't even remember how many years I've been working um, here. So there's that. You you enjoy jazz music. Oh, Dolly Parton. You know, that is one of the most (laughs) profound things I know about. You love Dolly Parton, don't you? I am an absolutely massive Dolly Parton fan. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, I could do a podcast about Dolly Parton, but we'll stick to MEM for now. I am a yeah, massive Dolly Parton fan. <laughs> Digressing a little bit to Dolly Parton. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you love Dolly Parton. Um, you're, um, you grew up in Turkey, another interesting fact about you. Um, this is correct. Um, you love a good gif or jif, depending on your pronunciation. I do. I really do. That is correct. I also like to pronounce it as GIF because I think it sounds funnier. Brilliant. And I want to say that I know your favorite food, um, but it's just not coming to mind right now. What is your favorite food? I was going to say, if you know that, that'd be impressive because I don't think I could tell you. I mean, I, I love I love Thai food. Um, I love Middle Eastern food, in particular Turkish food. Um, I know you could argue that all Middle Eastern food tastes the same, but I would I'd dispute that. <laughs> um, I love, to be honest, I love a pie. I love, I love pie and chips as well. That's wonderful. So I, I'm, I'm all over the shop. Indian food, I love a curry as well. Yeah, a bit of everything. Well, so that's very British, you know, Indian curry pie. You know, I think that's, I think that's. That's pretty good. But that, those are probably the most important things that we can know about you, right? Yeah, definitely. That's everything that you need to know, really. Okay. Dolly Parton, pies, grew up in Turkey. That's everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, then I'll pass it over to you. You can introduce the exciting things about me. Then. Well, yeah, James, I was thinking about this when we were talking about earlier about introducing each other. And I was thinking, wow, there's so many things I know about you. It's it's hard to put it into, you know, sort of a minute. But I go for you've you spent a lot of your life in Australia. So you moved to Australia when you were 18. And while in Australia, you oh, you studied theology. That's true. Um, amongst other things. You did many things in Australia, I'd imagine. Um 
you moved back to the UK maybe 2017 and you moved back with your lovely wife and little girl called Esri, which is probably one of the cutest children's names I've heard of. And you um, have been working for MEM as the communications manager, although now as lead communications manager um, since 2018, January, 2018 is what I'm going to, I'm going to say, is that, is that correct? That sounds right. Although it's the senior community, not to like interrupt, you know, <laughs> but it's the senior communications manager. I'm, I'm so sorry, James. <laughs> That's no problem at all. Yes. Um, get to good. tell, tell some interesting stories about some of the lives of people that have been, uh, had their lives transformed uh, in the Middle East, which is always really exciting, which I kind of leads us into um, the topic for today, which is uh, why is media important um, and important for mission um, as, as Christians and talking about, um, you know, why are we doing the podcast? Because um, I think we're trying to, um, you know, get some real, make people realize how important um, like media ministry is important about how we're doing um, mission across the world. Um, I'm sure you can also think of things, Jess. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think you know this past year, if anything, it's done. It's highlighted just how important you know media and technology is. Um, you know, this is something we've known as an organisation for a long time. You know, since we set up back in 1975. Um, but I think sort of the rest of the world sort of kind of catching up with us on that, and was something we're very passionate about, something we're really enthused about. And so, um, yeah, we just want to take this time to talk about that and talk about sort of our our learnings from that, and hear about some people who are involved in the industry. And, um, you know, as, as you've sort of heard before, you know, I grew up in Turkey. I absolutely love the Middle East. I have a massive passion for the region and for the people. And so, yeah, any insights that we can, you know, talk about and you just learn, learn together. I think that's how I, that's how I see it as growing. Brilliant. Okay. Well then let's go into the next part of the podcast, which is Jess's tricky questions. <laughs> This is uh, going to be my favorite part of the uh, podcast because I love, I love, first of all, I love tricky questions. And second of all, I love answering questions as well. So I get to ask the question and answer it as well. So uh, I think this will be good for, good for me, good for my ego. Um, so today's uh, Jess's tricky question is, at which point did you realize that not everything reported in the media was true? Hmm. Are you, yeah, trying to tell us, are you trying to tell us, Jess, that not everything that's reported yes. in the media is true? <laughs> I was going to say this is maybe a slightly uh, preconditioned question. You know, maybe you can see an angle that I'm coming at from uh, or an opinion I have on this uh, already. <laughs> but, you know, you could disagree with the question. You could say that you've never, that's not something you agree with at all. Well, I mean, hopefully you're not smashing lots of glass ceilings here and um and making people question the um the media that they receive um but i think there is i think it's funny actually recently before we go to the first time um i was on facebook you know scrolling through my my news feed yesterday i think it was and i had a family member from australia share this thing about the history of australia like this atrocity that happened 
And I was like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. And then right below it on Facebook, there was a, a fact check box that <laughs> said, you know, directed you to an article which sort of disproved completely this entire thing this person had shared. Um, and I thought, you know what, at least now they actually, you know, putting that stuff in there to help us to sort of realize what is true and what isn't true. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, I think the first time I realized it, was probably actually in Australia. And I was probably quite old, which is embarrassing actually. Um, but I think I must have been sort of around 20. And when I was in Australia, I was part of a large church there. And there was an article in like the Sydney, some newspaper there. And they basically put it, put this big, you know, uh, investigation into my church and all of these like wrongdoings and things that have been going on. And I just knew that a lot of them weren't true. And then mm. the next Sunday, like our pastor came on the stage and sort of, you know, explained some of the things and about how, you know, this investigation had happened, but it just wasn't, you know, all of these facts were wrong and, and it was sort of disproven to me. And I was just like, wow, you know, I grew up watching like nineties and eighties movies where mm. if you, you know, like these news reporters that like you had to sort of fact check everything and you had to, you know, if you got something mm -hmm. wrong, then you got fired because, mm -hmm. you know, like it was so important that the media, and I'm like quoting movies here, but <laughs> um, you know, like that was sort of the perception of, of news reporters. And so to think that one would get so many things wrong, I thought, Oh, wow. You know, they must get fired or, you yes. know, there must be some kind of like publication to say, you know, sorry, we got this wrong. Um, and there wasn't, there was just an acceptance that it could be right. It could be wrong, but you know, it's just out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you're saying, especially about sort of news media in particular is something that actually always, it makes me really sad now. Cause I think, I think I am, I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, I, I grew up, especially, you know, I grew up in Turkey where, the news outlets are a lot more, you have a lot more of, let's say stuff like the sun or the daily star, shall we say, they're a bit more of that style in general Turkish media. Not, not all of them. That's, I don't want to make a false impression here. And, you know, I think it's changed a lot over the years as well since I've left. Um, but I remember growing up in, in Turkey and we, my mom and dad used to read, you know, BBC news a lot. And it was always seen, especially like BBC world news was seen as like really prestigious. And it was very much like upheld as, you know, really good, true media where they'd seek the truth and not just sort of accept stuff that was heard. And so whenever it always kind of breaks my heart a little bit now, when we talk about sort of these sorts of questions where, you know, not everything reported in the media is true. It always sort of breaks my heart because I still want to believe in that world of, you know, journalists are, you know, really rigorous with their investigations and they, they seek to ex explain the truth, not just to report maybe hearsay or rumors. I don't think there's a moment when I, when I had like a big realization, I think it's something that sort of dawned on me and became, I think the whole world became more and more aware probably over the past six years, I'd say. But I, I have to say, I'm very cynical now online, especially on Facebook in particular. You know, you get these adverts pushed to you or stuff pushed. And you, personally, anything I see, I'm like, oh, that's, I bet that's not true. That's not true. Maybe, you know, it's a good thing. You don't, you don't trust everything you read. But also, it's, it makes me quite sad in a way because I think there is a lot of cynicism. There's a lot of disbelief, which I think is quite sad. Okay, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to the next section. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, now we are talking about why is media powerful or important for mission? Jess, why do you think that media is, is important? Oh, that is a really big question. And I think there's so many different aspects to it. I think from from my personal sort of from my experience anyway, you know, I, I grew up in Turkey, um, where my mom and dad, my parents worked for sort of like the local church and like boosting the local church, you know, um, there was a parts of Turkey, parts of the Middle East that, you know, that we would have never have been able to go, um, never been able to access. Um, even, you know, being in Turkey was very precarious at times. Um, we knew lots of people, family, friends who got kicked out and lost their visas, you know, purely because they decided they didn't want them in the country anymore. And they were too, too much of a risk. And I think, you know, media can reach into countries, can reach directly into people's homes where, again, we would never been able to do that before i think as well you know with satellite television which is a big part of what happens in the middle east um you know you can put anything on satellite television and that means that when people are scrolling through different channels on a friday night you know they could just come across our content just like that you know that's really interesting good theological content straight into their straight into their living room um and you know, you never know who that's gonna, who's gonna watch that, who's gonna be impacted by that, who's gonna actually, that's gonna touch their heart. They need to hear that at that moment in their time, in their life. So, you know, it's able to reach into places that, in many ways, people just can't. And I think that's really exciting. And I think, um, just lastly, I think social media as well. You know, everyone is on social media now in some form or another, whether that's on, you know, WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, and that's massive. And again, that's just a massive space for us to be able to actually be putting out the gospel onto and for people to be able to hear it where it's not being restricted. Um, I think, you know, restriction of media could be something we talk about, but maybe that, that should be something for another time. It's a big topic in itself. But what yeah. about what about you, James? What do you think? Um, I think it's always interesting um, to, uh, especially like for us in the Middle East, um, we obviously use media in, in a whole range of areas, um, online, obviously social media, um, but also taking it into places, um, you know, like whether it's taking one of our sort of programs and curriculums into refugee camps to help traumatize children or whether it's um, doing workshops um, with, with um, people groups which um, need to sort of process the trauma that's happened to them um, or the whether it's, you know, the Blossoms Project, Jess, that we do in mm. North Africa, uh, where mm. it's um, Sudanese women who have just faced the worst type of um, racist abuse that they, they you know, have been sort of diminished and have, you know, needed a lot of um, mental support and help. Um, but we take media there. And I think whenever we're in the West here and we think about media, maybe in mission or ministry we're a little bit wary because in the west we're so saturated with media uh, yeah. to the point at which people are um you know they they see being on social media as something that can be detrimental to your health um, yeah. whether it's you know your mental health or your emotional health um and and it's just different in the middle east i remember i think i was in the middle east actually and someone was explaining to me that for them because they don't have access to as much as what we do that, you know, having access to Christian content is a luxury and something that they, you know, they're passionate to like watch every video, read every article, 
you know, like actually yeah. research and learn. And it's just so different yeah. because for them, it's like one of the most healthiest ways to actually learn um, and and have media actually be a big part of their faith journey. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas here in the West, we would almost go the other way of you need to take breaks from social media and you need yeah. to um, not be scrolling through, you know, all of your feeds and watching all your videos and your TikToks, Jess. I know how much you love your TikToks. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's just such a difference. And I think, you know, even if you think historically, um, you know, having put in the Bible into um, written into English and then being, you know, mass produced, um, it's sort of like we, our faith has a history of using media um, yeah. to actually be a massive part of how we do mission and <clears throat> and, and reaching people. Um, yeah. I mean, if we want to get theological for a moment, I remember reading about how um, if if the Christian church, you know, weren't trying to reach the Greeks um, in the, the Greco-Roman world, something a bit of a mouthful, um, <laughs> they just wouldn't have actually written the Gospels because um, the Hebrew culture was very much oral. And so yes. stories would be told from one generation to another, mm-hmm. whereas the Greeks, like they wanted to read things and be able mm-hmm. to reflect. And so that's sort of one theological, you know, I'm not saying that that's like the whole truth or, you know, but I think that that's a massive part of, of our history that, you know, the gospels are written for people to actually learn about Jesus and, and do that. And even the book of revelation, um, I did warn you, I was going to throw revelation. (laughs) Always have a bit of revelation. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I think the, um, the book of revelation, um, I've studied it a lot through, um, my degrees and that. And, it was it was written to be able to be spoken. So, like you'd get a copy of the Revelation, and then you would you'd travel, sort of go from town to town, and you might stay in one place for some time. Um, but people would read it from start to finish, and it would be like a an oral um, speaking of of Revelation. And people would, mm-hmm. you know, and it wouldn't just be once in the same place. They'd read it over and over again as like almost like a media broadcast, almost like we do now podcasting. Yeah. And, and they'd read it, you know, and it'd be over and over again. And each time people would listen to the person, the orator, orator is a very fancy word, isn't it? Um, (laughs) They'd listen to that person actually speaking it. And each time they'd get something fresh and new and different from it that they had maybe hadn't heard of before. Um, And that's sort of like almost, I'm thinking back, but maybe one of the first uses of sort of media to actually mm-hmm. sort of, um, you know, send the Christian message to the ends of the earth, like yeah. we do um, with our, our media ministry in the Middle East. We're trying to reach yeah. people there who, you know, might not be able to be reached any other way. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really interesting, Jane. And I didn't know any of that. That's fascinating. And I think it's really interesting what you're saying as well about it. Um, them writing it because um, the Greco-Roman culture preferred to read stuff and take it in and, and understand it that way, which is different to other cultures. And so um, 
I think that's a really interesting point about how actually it's about approaching people where they're at and using a form of of media, whatever form that takes, of where that how they're going to understand it. And so whether that is now through a form of like say podcast, <laughs> or through you know a film, or through a TV series, or through you know art in itself, you know so many different forms of art are a form of media. I'd say, um, you know, the, I know we've spoken already about the blossoms workshops, but it's a lot of to do with sort of art therapy in itself, and I think that is you know a form of media. And I think it's so important to actually reach people where they're at with this stuff and, and bring the gospel to in a form that they, you know, they, they all, it fits within their, their understanding, if that makes sense. Or they yeah. can take it in, in a form of their understanding. Um, and I think, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize many of that. So thanks for sharing that. No, I mean, it's always a bit dangerous sort of sharing theological things that people could contest and sort of say, <laughs> you know, Sure, but you know that's um, that's sort of what I've what I've read and believe, and I think it was really fascinating what you said about how you know media is sort of it's reaching people where they're at, mm. um, and I think whether whether you're in the in the West, in the UK, in America, um, or whether you're in the Middle East, it's it's creating media that's actually going to be effective for like those yeah. people in those places. Um, I know that. You know, I'll look at the media that we, that our field teams produce for, you know, North Africa or the Gulf or another sort of, you know, area. And I'll be like, doesn't, I can see the, how great it's been produced, but it doesn't necessarily sort of Mm -hmm. speak to me as like something that's really profound and helpful to me. Um, But you know, to people in those areas, that's the right content on the right platforms being communicated to the right people. And so I think that is why it's so important because you can just do so much. Um, I I love um, Lois, you know, Lois, um, your your friend, Jess. Yeah. Um, One of our supporters, fantastic woman. Yes, she is fantastic. And we we recorded sort of her her speaking for our promotional video, mm. um, and the one little clip that's in the promotional video is like you know I, I couldn't go you know to the places, yeah. um, but I know that the media can, yeah. Um, and I think that's also profound because you can just reach so many more people, um, yeah. but you can also reach people in all areas of society um, mm-hmm. uh, with mm-hmm. media, which is you know, so much more than just being able to go somewhere physically and maybe like stand on a, what's the expression, stand on the milk crate or something and like sort of preach the gospel, you know, like. Uh, um, I know exactly what you mean. The phrase has totally gone from my mind. Okay. I'm, yeah. I mean, I, I'm saying milk crate, like I know what a milk crate is. But <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing like a wooden box that you stand on. What's the word? Um, There's a word for it. Oh, it's killing me. Soapbox. Soapbox. Yes. There we go. Got there in the end. Milk milk cart. What was it? Milk box. <laughs> milk crate. I went with milk crate. Uh, no, uh, um, but yes, I think I think that it's media is such a powerful tool. And as we um, explore how media is used in in mission um, to reach people, how people's lives have been transformed because of media. We will we will have hopefully some great people on uh, to be interviewed yeah. who 
um, who've created media and who are creating media, um, some experts on the region and different things. It should be really great. And I hope that you can join us um, for the next episode. But for now, from Jess and I, we will say adieu, goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, adieu. Bring a bit of French into it, a bit of class. I like that. Great. Thanks, Jess. <laughs> no worries. But also, yeah, thank you so much for listening today. It's been really, really lovely to be able to sort of, yeah, talk about all these topics. And as well, please do contact us as well if there's a specific aspect or maybe the Middle East or media. Let us know and we can talk about any questions that you have. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. And how can people contact us, Jess? They can contact us at hello, H-E-L-L-O at M-E-M dot org. That's hello at mem.org. And social media and the website mem.org. But thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thanks. Bye.